This is Triple M's Rush Hour with JB and Billy. Thanks to Bluebet. Bet with the homegrown bookie this spring carnival. Bluebet, what are you really gambling with? Five, four, three, two, one. Ow! I see assholes like you every day. Daisy Thomas. Every f- Day. Bridge Duclo. Is this moron number one? Do I have crayfish and grill? Put moron number two on the phone. No, I'm not fresh one. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you two? Everybody's working. Listen to the rush hour. Summer edition. I feel good. Yeah, it's a really nice helping today for you Tuesday. We continue the getting to know you segment where I'm going to ask you, Bridge Duclo, a few questions. How many? Uh, How many questions? Uh, we'll wait and see for that. We go to family a couple of times on something that you've brought to the table, mm. which is a little bit weird. John Millman, <laughs> tennis star, retiring. He'll be on the show. Harry Garside, cannot uh. wait for this. Boxing extraordinaire. Deep thinker as well. He'll be on. And a rehashed joke from 2018 to wrap up what's going to be a massive show. As I uh, welcome Bridge to Close. Thank you, Daisy. Lovely to see you. Playing golf today? Any golf this morning? No golf this morning. No Tomorrow golf. morning. Tomorrow morning. Mm. Okay, you're about a four a weeker. Yes. From what I can see, <laughs> which is why you you're better me than a weaker, me. Yeah. Now straight to the rappy oh. and Triple M, our very own. Oh. Oh, is there an intro? No, oh, Rabs. Yeah. My <laughs> I made a poor decision. I broke a club rule. Um, therefore, it's been dealt by by the club and the playing group. I've apologised to the club. Um, you know, those opinions have been pretty strong from some um, people with some influence. So in that regard, it's, it's slightly disappointing. You know, I think it's probably in some degree been blown out of proportion. Daisy was a bad boy. I wasn't. He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. It was a deep apology, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very deep, Brad. I apologise to those who are offended. Yes. <laughs> now best. you can go now with your you Now I can go to my rapping. Yes. Thank the Lord. Um, now, Triple M, our very own, mm-hmm. the station that's keeping us fed for the next three weeks. Thanks, Britt. Um, are hosting Motley Crue tonight. There we go. I don't know. I find it hard to think about Tommy Lee without thinking about the boat incident, which he didn't use his hands to steer. That's all I'm saying. Do you remember? Do you remember that great old video? Yeah, hard to get past it. Anyway, (laughs) he has come here, and our very own Hose Marie and Dangerous Dave will Mm. be hosting the Triple M Rock Lounge with um with uh, Motley Crue and Def Leppard. Yes, tonight. But he's come here and he's bagged. He's bagged the price of our cigarettes here in Australia. He's, uh, he reckons a pack of Marlboro Gold 25s uh, have cost a lot more than what they cost over in his own country. Mm. And he has cracked it with flipping the bird emojis. Okay. I would have thought he's got more to worry about, old Tommy. I do like the fact he's still punching the analogs, though, not going to the sort of digital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean the vapes. The vapes. Yeah. yeah analogs. Analogs. <laughs> that makes sense. Never heard them called analogs mm. before, but that is so true. Thank you very much. Yeah, he's probably on them as well. I think he's had a bit in his time, hasn't he, Tommy? He's uh, given the world a whack, it'd be fair to say. Fair enough. Now, I have another story, please, and mm. I actually have got to pick a bone with you because you and Billy mm. are here. Had an exclusive about this event that's coming to Melbourne and forgot to actually share it with the world. Confirm mm. or deny. Well, which are we talking about? Not Warwick Kappa's new venture. No. <laughs> no. no, not that. <laughs> I am talking about Crown presenting an evening oh, with seven-time yes. world champion Tom Brady. And you were invited and you didn't tell anyone? Yeah. Oh, we didn't. We, Bill and I, just so humble we didn't mention it. <laughs> so after humble. We, after we declined the invite. <laughs> How could you decline Tom Brady? Tom Brady, can I just say, Tom Brady, mm. I worship mainly because of his performance on TED 2. Yeah, can I help you? Hey, um, <laughs> are you uh, 
Tom Brady? Yeah. Um, hey, um, your neighbor's called, and your air conditioner's making a loud noise, so I'm supposed to check out the unit. Uh, okay, yeah, it's around back. Okay, um, I just may need a signature in case uh, you gotta get some parts for the billing. You can just, uh, write that to uh, John and Ted, put number 12. <laughs> and you, you're not a cheater. I mean, I think your balls are perfect. It's around back. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Pull yourself together, for God's sakes, he's gonna love it. Go, go, go. Sweet God and baby Jesus. And that's at rest. What the hell? Mr. Brady, we just need a moment of your time. Sir, what are you doing here? Who are you? Get out of my house. Mr. Brady, the service man, you would call a cop. Wait, 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 Mr. Brady. Take your goddamn teddy bear with you. I'm sorry. I know he's achieved a lot on the football field, but that... Makes me laugh so much. He was also so in episodes of Entourage as well. Oh, he's such a great actor. And yeah. uh, poor old Ted, of course, can't have his own babies because mm. he's a teddy bear. Mm. And he thought he'd get the sperm from the very best. And <laughs> Tom Brady. Oh, sorry, just explaining. <laughs> anyway, Dave, you were invited to this, which I can't believe you wouldn't go to. It's um, it's really a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to some people can meet him, but otherwise just see him in, in the godliness that he is. He mm. won five world champion MVPs, he's, he's an entrepreneur, he's a philanthropist. Is he still on with Giselle? Uh, <laughs> no. no. Bill says. The other rumour is he might have been with his wife, Gazelle, for a romantic holiday. Gazelle. <laughs> Gazelle. <laughs> Gazelle. <laughs> his wife, Gazelle. Gazelle. What do you think? She, when she's not with him, she prances around the belt. <laughs> Avoiding lions. No. <laughs> <laughs> a wife that can cruise the Serengeti at night. <laughs> anyway, Tom Brady, you're not going. Mm. It'll be taken... an amazing night. He is one of the yep. greatest of all time as well. But uh, the ticket, not wasted on me. Because I'm not the biggest NFL fan. I appreciate what he's done, but it'll be better off in someone else's hands. What a kind, loving mm. person and you are. And that's just live to give. Um, <laughs> are you done with your no, otherworldlies? No, done all right. Good, because I've got a bit of sport. <laughs> and this affects, we've been speaking a lot about the... Cricket World Cup, mm. and there is rain forecast coming up over there in Kolkata later this week, which means when the Aussies take on South Africa, they have to win to stay in and continue to advance. Mm. There is one day in lieu kept in case it continues to piss down, mm. but the <laughs> forecast is for that to happen. It's pissing down. Yep. So Mickey Thanks, Roberts Robert. is on the ground. Gee, so that's not good for Australia is what I'm reading. Well, no. That is correct. Well <laughs> deciphered. Thank you. A little bit of NBL news. The Illawarra Hawks have sacked their coach, Jacob Jacomus. Mm. How's this for a record? So it's their worst two-year period in franchise history. They started two and seven this year, and Jacomus finishes with a record of five and 32. Five wins, 32 losses. Oh, poor bugger. Suboptimal, that. Untenable. Uh, the NRL draw has come out, and unfortunately rugby for the Mel- league. That is the rugby league. Yeah. Thank you there, Mr. Volandis. Uh, the under Craig Bellamy, Melbourne Storm have never lost their first game. Never. Never, you ever. Sure? They play the Penrith Panthers this year Ooh. in round one, so the this reigning could be, premiers. this could be the first time. Mm. It could be. Oh, it's not much good news you're giving us. There's not. Well, if you want to be uh, an NRL fan, the season opener is in Vegas. Oh, great. Okay. So what could possibly go okay. wrong there? We wait <laughs> Absolutely <to>. nothing. <laughs> um, and that's all for now. All right. Um, oh, coming up, I have an issue. Oh. Yeah, I have a really bad one. You're going to have more issues after I get to know you. Yes. Oh, no. Before we that. get to your issues, mm. Bridge, Oops. you asked Daisy some questions yesterday. None of which he answered well. Now it's his time <laughs> to ask you back next. We'll be so learning <laughs> more about Bridge Duclos. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Yesterday, Bridge, you asked Daisy some questions, and now Daisy gets his chance to return well, the favour. 
It's time for Daisy and Bridge to learn a little more about each other. I'm a touch nervous for this one. Kind of like a radio first date. What would you suggest for a mature, very good-looking, still in good form, 58-year-old? <laughs> this is... Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. To be fair, all I learnt yesterday was that you don't want to choose between Carlton and Collingwood. I didn't get much else out of you. And I have a love and appreciation for self-raising flour. That's about it. That's <laughs> that about a, all that, I learnt. <laughs> well, I've gone a little bit deeper because your questions, you know, they were sort of one-word answers. I'm I couldn't really up. elaborate. Yeah, but okay. I feel if I asked you a better question, you may then be able to give me a better answer. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. So I'm we'll start well. off. Mm. Cats or dogs? What's your favourite? Dogs. Okay. Didn't that was really a one-word one answer. answer. <laughs> Do you want more detail? <laughs> uh, if you could have one meal, your last final oh, I meal. I love this question. What would it be? It would be curly tail chops with mashed potato and hang peas. On, hang on, What's hang a curly tail chop? A curly tail chops, um, um, a, what are they called in real life? A loin chop. A mm. loin so chop. So why wouldn't we have just said loin chops? Well, because so they've got, they're, they're ones with the curly tails. They're not barbecue chops. They've got the curly tails with all the fat on them. Ah, like, yeah. Curly tail chops. Okay. With mashed potatoes. Because I often think about um, if I'm on death row, what I'd do. And then I've always thought this is my answer. Nothing fancy like crayfish, peas, <laughs> mash, and gravy. Great. That's it. Mm. Yep. That's it's it. your last meal out of anything in I the world. absolutely that's... swear to God. And I, I think about it a lot. Okay. And I often have it, even though it's not my last meal. <laughs> I should have had the next question. If you were to be on death row, what would it be for? But we'll leave that one alone. Uh, if you could give your younger self one bit of advice, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Oh, there um, you go. Um, oh, gosh. This is deep. Have you looked up something like deep questions? Um, what would I tell myself? I'd tell myself, um, oh, my God, I'm struggling to answer. I would tell myself that it's okay to not be, not be perfect, okay. that you can be bad. <laughs> <laughs> it took a turn. <laughs> We've gone from not perfect to bad. That's fair enough. Uh, you gave me pick one yesterday, Carlton or Collingwood. Mm. Would you please pick one for me, JB or Bill? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love them both like children, as you do Carlton yes. and Collingwood. You know but you can't favour a child. However, um, JB came first, and I've got history with him, so Bill. <laughs> You'll be delighted with that. Maybe you will get to that wedding after all. You're saying nice things about Bill and the other offer's still on the table. It still is. Uh, what's your weirdest trait? Uh, my weirdest trait is I've got it, but I think of it more as a talent than a trait, is I can shut one eye for eight minutes and 15 seconds. We saw that at the pub the other yeah. night. <laughs> That's usually when it happens, but like literally full on for eight minutes, 15 seconds. And I used to use it as a weapon to meet boys when I was young. Can you everyone might. not just close their eyes? No, no, look, no I, do it, I do it with the full eye. Yours, you're doing a sort of squinty, squinty, bad version of it. Okay. So that's my weirdest trait. That and I lose everything. See, just I, everything. I'm going to call BS on that. Why? Because we've only been working here for two days. <laughs> and the other day you said something about the numbers on your phone. So if you look at your phone and it says 333, yep. you have a meltdown. You have a genuine <laughs> okay. sort of meltdown of epic proportions. You shake, you shimmy. <laughs> Yes. You look like you're having a semi-seizure slash fit. Pretty and much. then you turn around and start praying or <laughs> okay. yelling out mantras. Okay, so. and, and if you think I'm lying, Rabsy, no. no, no, is it the percent fact? It's no, 111, no. it's 222, it's 333, yeah. it's 444. No, all of the above. It's yes. become a real issue. And I, I do want to talk about it because I've actually got psychological issues because of it. It only started three months ago, but it's taken over my life. And it all started with a 111. And I'll tell you what happens. Do you want me to tell you now? 
I reckon we'll do it after All the right, break. Because it's a good tease, Bridge. I can't believe you lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> you should have asked how many weird traits have you got. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll hear about Bridge's weird traits after the break. A champion footballer. Thomas is uploaded the biggest up with Radio Royalty. Your show, but I've taken over. Triple M's Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. We were just discussing discussing it, Bridge. It doesn't have a SH in you know, that word. No. Um, <laughs> the fact that you have a little bit of a weird thing you do. Yeah, this thing's happened to me recently and it's worrying me. A, a friend of mine told me that if 111, mm. as in 11 past 1, comes up on your phone, you make a wish. Okay? And I thought, well, that sounds lovely. So next time one eleven came up on my phone, I made a wish. And I've got one wish, which is the only wish I ever wish. It's just one wish. Right. For some reason, I turned that 111 into 222-333-444-555. Do you want me to go on? No, no, we get the gist, I so feel. Every time I every time I look at my phone, if there's three numbers that come up <laughs> yes. or four eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? 12, 12, 10, 10. Yeah, no, we... not 12, 12. Oh, because that's oh, one, two, not... one, two. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if there's oh. three or four of the same number comes up, I have to make this wish. Now, sadly, it's come up a couple of times while I've been working on this show. Yes. And, and it's a bit I... more than a wish, though. It's like a well, convulsion. It's a convulsion because the wish is so important that it comes true. So I panic that if I don't do it, that then it won't come true. So I go into, as you point out, a convulsive quite state. Then I go into sort of half a prey mode and yes. I'm not religious. Almost catatonic. Yes. Mm. And the worst thing is it's happening to me wherever I go. <laughs> Whenever I look at my phone, it happens. And sometimes I'll be in a social situation. Where I just have to turn off and go. <laughs> it's extremely strange, the reaction, though. I know, because it's such an important wish. And I'm, But here's my dilemma. I should just go back to 111, mm. which was what it was meant to be. But now I'm scared if I don't do two, 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 three, 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 four, 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 that then that will make the wish not come true. So it's like it's got me. It's got me. It certainly does. And you are not helping, by the way, because I I turn my phone (laughs) over so I can't see it. And you, every time one comes up. I've taken great joy in the fact that I thought it was a bit of a a take of the Mickey at the start. Oh, no. And then yesterday when I held up four, four, four in the ad break and you did a backflip off your chair and started praying in the corner. I was like, okay, this is a real thing. <laughs> well, it, it is. It, it, and look, you know, people have things. <laughs> I haven't had a thing. This is my first thing, and it's worrying me because I don't know how to. I don't know how to get hold of it. Right. So, if anyone knows, I'd be grateful. Um, five 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 six six six. No, it's no, no, one triple three five three is the number. <laughs> <laughs> well, last time Daisy was on, we did uh, this phone up. Which is things that make you dry rich. Yes. I think today we're going to do this one. <laughs> what do you have a physical reaction to? Oh, that's things not that things that go, bring on diarrhea. No, <laughs> it's meant to be like a shiver. <laughs> <laughs> things that go, <laughs> Scooby Doo. Yes, there's things that make you, it is sort of a shiver, mm, convulse. Yeah. Every time I drive past roadkill, I have a shiver down my spine. Even though I know it's going to happen, I try to tell myself, don't do it. 
And then I just go. Do and, you? Yeah, every time. Why? Because you're not hungry. You're not... <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. Everyone has one. Do, yeah. you, do you have one? Yeah, I feel you... quite normal in and around this conversation <laughs> right now. But if you do have one, one triple three five three is the number. Yep. Oh, what are we giving away, Rabsy? Have a look at this. One triple three five three. What makes you have a physical reaction? And we have a two hundred dollar Neverland store Ooh. voucher to give away. Of course, they are the home of Australian streetwear shop in store or online. Neverlandstore.com.au. I did lie. I did say before when we talked about this, have you ever bitten a towel? So the feeling of having a towel of Terry Toweling in my mouth, and I don't know why I've had a towel in my mouth. And I don't want to ask why you had to bite the towel. (laughs) Gives me a little bit. (laughs) Maybe that's just the memories associated. One, two, three, five, three. What makes you shudder? What do you have a physical reaction to? Give us a call at $200 Neverland Store voucher. Up for grabs. Triple M's Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. We are asking you about... Yeah, and we know days that uh, you know what it's like when you uh, bite a towel. That's <laughs> yes. what make, that's, makes you feel like that. I'm not sure if looking at the phone or biting towels is weirder, by the way. Well, my one 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 problem is an, is an issue, but I think everyone has one. Uh, Rabsy's got yeah. the roadkill, mm. so the family will have problems they too. Have many, yeah, I'm sure. We've got Mike. Good day, yes. Mike from Geelong. Hello. Hey guys, how are you all going? We're good very well, Mike. Mike. How are you? It's good. Believe it or not, it's balloons for me. I hate the texture. I hate the sound. <laughs> it makes me, yeah, it's just not, they just don't go well together with me. So okay. I don't know whether it's just me or others out there, but oh, I think good. everyone has something. You might have had a bad experience with a balloon, mm. maybe. Makes yeah. it hard to go to parties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you go to parties, Mike? Uh, only when I'm invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always been a rule of mine as well. Uh, what about Darren there in Manor Lakes? G'day, guys. Daisy, top flight. How are you? Very well, well thank you, Daz. That's good. Mine is when people are eating and their knife will fall <gasps> with their teeth. Oh, yeah. Mm. I have to actually leave the room and compose myself. Yeah. My yep. sister had this. And I used to, every night at dinner, rip the fork through until she spat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't control it, though, can you, Darren? If it, if it, it, it's not like it's not like you have a good, you know, any say in it. it if it does that to you, you stuck. Sometimes, sometimes they don't know, and they don't know, you know. And uh, when they do it, they're wondering why do why have I left the room? And I have to come back, sit down, and then actually tell them, and they say, okay. But then they still do it just to uh, piss me off. Yeah, that's, that's like <laughs> Daisy tries to piss me off by showing me the phone. Uh, Ryan down there in Geelong. Rhino. Daisy, Bridge, Rab, how are you? Good, Good thanks, thanks mate. So mine's really niche, and I've, I've had this just ick feeling since I was a child. And it's those holographic 3D fridge magnets or, like, memorabilia cups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I can't even look at them without just getting that shivering feeling. Ah, so, interesting. Well, make sure you don't go and see the ABBA show when it comes, aren't they? Holographs. They are. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, so that's one for you to not not see, I think, right? Well, there you go. Oh God. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, Elisa's in Roville. Elisa, what makes you go <laughs> dead pigeons? <laughs> my, dog, my dog purposely catches them. She's a bull terrier, purposely catches them, brings them inside and leaves them at my feet. Mm. I 
cannot stand it, and I have to ring my son to come home from school to get rid of the carcass. Uh, I've got two words for you. New dog. <laughs> <laughs> dog purposely trolling her, apparently. I can't stand them. Oh, yeah. Any other birds or just the pigeon? Yeah, no, just birds. I can't, the flying, the whole in the house thing, it's, yeah, I can't do it. That's quite a common one. A friend of mine cannot go near a bird. Mm. Like she just can't stand them. They don't worry, mate. I had a couple of mates like that growing up. Did you? Uh, <laughs> we go to Aaron in a deer. Oh. <laughs> hey, guys, how are we? Good. Where's a deer? Ah, dear, near sunshine. Ah, ah dear, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, oh, what, what <laughs> makes you go, mm-hmm. Oh, my belly button. I can't stand anyone going anywhere near it. Uh, yeah, is that's... it an insie or an outsie? Uh, any. An any. Yeah, they're worse. Yeah. Well, they're worse for if you want. You don't want people going in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. I get that one. I'm not mad on belly button action. No, that's fair you, enough. No, no, no. I'm not sure if anyone else has touched my belly button except me. <laughs> Finally, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor in Nary Warren rounds us out bridge. Okay, Taylor, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you going, guys? Very well, Taylor. What makes you go, whatever that noise is? <laughs> 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 yeah, uh-huh. that's it. It's a classic for a reason, but now it's on the chalkboard. Yeah, mm. that's a shocker. And thankfully, there aren't many chalkboards left anymore. They've been taken yeah, over by the whiteboard. Thank God. I've, I've actually got another one as well. It's mm. uh, Billy's Joke. Nothing better than a clip when the bloke's not here either. <laughs> we love it. Yeah, very nice. Oh, well, see, I'm not the only mad person around who no. struggles with these well, things. Well, who do we like, Bridge? Because Well, you know I like to give two prizes. Okay. Because um, they're not mine to give. But mm-hmm. um, I think we have to congratulate Taylor for... Uh, feeling a bit ick about Billy's jokes. Taylor, $200 Neverland store voucher headed your way, mate. And Daze, who do you reckon? Thanks for that, guys. No worries. Home of Australian streetwear. The birds? Yeah. The dead pigeons. The dead pigeons. Yeah, Alessa. Alessa, we're going to give you a $100 (laughs) grilled voucher. Thanks so much. See, my dog coming handy for something. Yeah. (laughs) Good on you, Alessa. Enjoy. How good's that? The family, though, like you. By the way, for burgers that make you feel as good as they taste, go 100% natural burgers at Grilled. No artificial additives, days. Just primo ingredients, prepped with care, made fresh every time. John Millman, Australian champion tennis player, announced his retirement, and he's going to join us next on the Rush Hour Summer Edition, Triple M. The skies are bluer. The sun is shining. The weather's warmer. There's a pool on there. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Don't forget, make sure you're listening out throughout the show for this noise. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Don't call now, but when you hear that song... Then you can call us one triple three five three, and you and a mate could be headed to Perth. Return flights for two people, airport transfers included, two nights accommodation, and event tickets for two people to see the WWE Elimination Chamber Premium Live Event Feb twenty four live from Optus Stadium, Perth, coming for the first time ever. So when you hear that song, you do give us a call, and you got to tell us your wrestling name and your entrance music, and you got to work on your smack talk. And, of course, that is the Elimination Chamber event happening in Perth and in Australia for the first time. Tickets available now at Ticketmaster. When you hear the rocks music, give us a call. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Right now we are joined by retiring tennis great from Australia, Johnny Millman. Our next guest has taken on and beaten the likes of Dominic Team, Nick Kyrgios and even Roger Federer. Oh. That's it. John Melvin has closed off one of the biggest.
upsets in tennis history. This summer, we'll get the chance to say thank you and farewell to one of tennis's cult heroes. Please welcome John Millman. Absolutely, John. Welcome to the show, mate. Still a bit more to go playing out the summer, but congratulations on announcing the retirement. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. What a welcome. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was about to, to walk onto Rod Laver Arena then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, John, you deserve it because uh, you have uh, provided so much enjoyment to uh, every Australian, not to mention other people around the world. The one that really stands out for me is that fantastic Australian Open win you had against Roger Federer, who I loved but was happy to see you beat him. Well, coincidentally, actually, I should I should call you out on this. I actually lost that Australian Open one. Ooh. I lost seven six in the fifth set. I beat him at the US Open. Ah. Uh, but look, thanks. I've got to admit, I went to bed at six all. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I probably gagged it to be honest with you. I should have won that one, but you know, thanks for reminding me of that loss. Oh, so, sorry about that, John. I just wanted to, you know, honour you and uh, tell you how fabulous no, you are. I, I'm I, I'm I'm giving you a hard time. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> in this game. Um, I lost plenty, so <laughs> that was one of them. But, no, I was very lucky. But I, I remember the excitement, though, of taking yeah. Federer to the five sets, and it was a, ma- a yeah. marathon match, and I, that's what I remember of. And I actually, funnily, I remember you winning. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Well, look, I, I did get him at the US Open. I would have yeah. preferred to have I've switched them. I would have much preferred to have actually probably lost to him at the US Open and beaten him at the Australian Open in front of the, the home crowd. That would have been really special, but... Look, they're memories, aren't they, that, that you have and you take with you long after your career's done. Outside of that one, have you got any more that spring straight to mind when we talk about memories? Oh, look, any of those Australian Open matches, I played a fair few of them. I was lucky enough to actually play on all the, the major courts. Um, you know, I played Andy Murray, third round of a Wimbledon on centre mm. court there, which was pretty special. Um, I played Rafa and, and Djokovic multiple times at Grand Slams. So, look, I'm very lucky to have those memories. The best ones for me is, is obviously when you get to play for your country. In yeah. tennis, it's an individual sport. But the, those special moments when you play in Olympic Games or Davis Cups, they, they were the really special ones because, you know, even even though it's an individual sport, I, I always had a real affinity for team sports. I love watching the team sports. I love getting behind the Brisbane Lions up here in Brizzy. Um, so when you get... Your number calls for, for a Davis Cup, like, you know, our captain Leighton Hewitt or whatever, mm. those were the really special moments. So, yeah, they're the ones I'll take with me. And, and um, I guess once you represent the country, it's something that no one can ever take away from you. Is that not slightly self-indulgent, considering you're the only player in history to win a singles match, six love, six love at the Olympics? <laughs> well, that's probably, that's probably why I like it, right? <laughs> now we're getting to the bottom yes. of it. Yeah, no, that was that was actually a bit of fun. I never knew that there was such a record. Can we, uh, coincidentally, it was against a, a guy called Ricardus Barankas, who has been a top 100 player for a long time. So it wasn't a guy who couldn't hold the racket. Mm. He just had a bit of an off day, and, and I was lucky that I was seeing it like a watermelon. But so much fun. Um, I loved being at the Olympics. Hey, like it was being amongst, you know, other athletes, especially the Australian ones, the village, it was Ooh. it was so awesome. And really lucky that, that tennis is a sport that we can play at the Olympics. There's plenty of sports that miss out. So, Is, is it true, John, that it goes off in the uh, in the athletes' village? <laughs> Yeah, apparently. I didn't see that, but no, apparently it is. I, I know at the, um, I, I know this is the drive home, so I probably shouldn't be uh, saying anything, but there, there, was, there was a whole lot of um, oh, dispensing machines, and I can only leave it to the imagination dispensed there. <laughs> yeah, I think we can actually imagine what that was. Um, John, I can't help but think you've been really lucky 
and a bit unlucky to play in the era of the three greatest tennis players I think we'll, we'll ever see, or amongst them, <laughs> Rafa, Fedra and Djokovic, of course. Um, my favourites, Fedra, which of them is the hardest to play? Yeah, for me, that, that match-up against Rafa was always the toughest one. And, and like you said, I was lucky to play against all, all of them, and unlucky in a sense, because... Mm. They dominated, especially those Grand Slams, which is where all the glory is in our sport. They dominated that scene for the better half of 15 years, and Novak's still doing so. But um, I was lucky to play against the great, the, the greatest, probably, in my opinion, the game's ever seen on the men's side. Serena would probably uh, be on that women's side. So we've been really blessed during this generation to see some of the best ever. Um, it would be... Lovely to see a little bit of variety and, uh, and to see a few other winners and to go into the Grand Slam with a, with a real red-hot chance of actually winning one. Mm. But for me, to answer your question, it was Rafael Nadal. He, he was just so good at, at taking away my strength. Forehand and backhand were my strength, my ground strokes. And I loved hitting the backhand out of the slot. But because Rafa's that lefty and can really rip it up and get it up over your head, um, he kind of took that away. I was always having to hit my best shot you know, out of the strike zone. Um, so, yeah, it's all match-up related, uh, and, and Rafa was the one for me. Mm. Who, in your opinion, is going to be the next star? We've been blessed, as you say, mm. to see some of the – and three of the greats, if not the greatest. Who's coming up next that we should keep an eye out? I mean, the, the one that jumps to mind is Carlos Alcaraz has mm. had some success already at Grand Slam level. I'm about to lose a, a golf driver. I had a bet with my coach, Peter Luchek, a while back that, um, you know, I, I – that he, that he wouldn't win a French Open. I thought he would, but, you know, I was thinking Rafa would be around for a bit longer, so I took him up on the bet. But so I'm going to lose a golf driver there. <laughs> a couple of others that I really like, obviously I've got a, a massive bias to one of my best mates on tour, and that's Alex Timonar. So yeah. I encourage all the Aussies to really get behind him mm. at the Australian Open. He's our number one player right now. He's really knocking on the door of that top ten, and we haven't had a, a top ten player for a while, going back to, to Lake Hewitt. So I think he's he's a special talent and, and a great guy, really yeah. easy person to support. And the other one, yeah. and, and it's got a bit of an Australian tie there, is his coach is Darren Cahill, who's coached some of the world's best, an Australian guy, mm. uh, Harold from South Australia, um, is Yannick Stinner. And mm. um, an Italian, in my opinion, probably the best ball striker at hip height on mm. tour. Oh, and and a, and a lovely a lovely guy, uh, really humble but an absolute competitor on court. So right. that's in the men's game. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm a little bit more qualified uh, to comment on the men's game because that was my domain. Uh, and on the women, obviously, we see Iga Sviatek uh, dominating, finishing the year well number one, and Arena Sabalenka uh, yeah. playing some great tennis also. Yeah. Well, I suppose a question a lot of people are asking too is uh, Nick Kyrgios. Will we see him? Mm-hmm. Again? Oh, look, I think we'll see him again. Um, whether the Australian Open comes around, Kyrgios keeps everything pretty close to himself. Mm. It, it, it would be, you know, I, I wouldn't be, the late mail suggests maybe he doesn't come good for the Australian Open, but again, that's just hearsay stuff. I know that he's working hard behind the scenes to try to get himself right, yeah. um, but no doubt. He'll get back. Uh, he's always dangerous when he can come back. He's one of those players that with limited preparation, he can actually play some really good tennis because he has those massive weapons. That serve is, is I've faced some of the best servers in the world and, and that's got to be right up there. You know, yeah. one of the best in the business. So he doesn't need a whole lot of matches. So let, let's hope as an Australian that you know his body enables him to come back for the Australian Open because 
regardless of the limited amount of tennis that he's played, he's always really dangerous. There's going to be plenty to like about this summer of tennis, as well as your farewell tour. And there's no surprises, Bridgewater. This man's going to step straight into the media with an interview like that. John, thank you so much for joining us, mate. And hopefully your summer goes a touch better than the Brisbane Lions last game. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit rough. (laughs) (laughs) Whack, whack, whack. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Dale Thomas and Bridget Duclos. This is Triple M Rush Hours Summer Edition After Five. Daisy goes one-on-one with Harry Garside and will replay one of Bill's jokes from 2018. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Oh, boy, i tell you what The Rock's cooking. An Elimination Chamber premium live event, Feb 24, live from Optus Stadium, Perth. Very first time in Australia. We'll have a look at them. If you want to go along with a mate, (laughs) give us a call right now. One triple three five three. Tell us your wrestling name, your entrance music, and make sure you work on your smack talk. Return flights for two people, by the way, to Perth. Airport transfers, of course. Two nights accommodation and two tickets. Unbelievable. Nothing says romance like the WWE Elimination Chamber. Nothing. It's amazing. <laughs> Give us a call right now, one triple three five three. Triple M's rush hour has had a makeover for summer. Well, I'm just trying to trim up. Oh, I'm sore. I've been boxing, but geez, I look good. <laughs> this is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridget Duclos. Still plenty to come as we roll into the second hour of the Rush Hour for you Tuesday. Bridge over troubled Daisy coming up oh for the first gosh. time. Yes. Where I give some life advice, if yes. you can believe that, Bridge, to the loyal family. I think it's a great idea because you, obviously you've played a lot of football. <laughs> uh, you've had a lot of... Uh, Head knocks. Issues. <laughs> <laughs> also coming up, Harry Garside, Australian boxing champ. Mm. Going to get me a couple of pointers as I go one-on-one with him. Plus that. a rehash joke to round out the show from 2018. Yep. I gave Billy a no, a bully, woolly bully yesterday, but yep. we'll see what happens today. <laughs> yes. You've got a bit of breaking news too. I have got some breaking news, oh. and this actual this news makes me sad too. Breaking news. With Billy Brownless. Thank you very much. Um, Network 10 have sadly axed Studio 10, which is their morning program. It's been on air for about a decade. Started off with, um, you know, Denise Drysdale was Mm -hmm. on it, Ida Buttrose was on it, then they had a fight. Um, It's had a few people on it. Sarah Harris, who's now on the project, was on it. Daniel Duty. Is this the whole morning show or is this like the 9 till 10? 10.30. It's the, I think it's the 9 till 10.30. But Studio 10, like it it was really successful when it first started. Mm. It was a great show. Um, And I just think it's such a shame because we're losing live TV. Every time something like this gets axed, we're we're, we're losing live TV, which is a pity. But uh, Narelda Jacobs, Angela Bishop, Tristan McManus and Daniel Doody Mm. are the four. So our heart goes out to them for losing their jobs. Channel 10 say they will remain in different roles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, that's like when Kylie and I went to Queensland, you know, neighbours. <laughs> Until uh, it your contract feels... runs out and then you go on. Yeah, exactly. But um, it's apparently the ratings haven't been good. So I do. It's awful getting sacked. Have you been Have you been sacked, Daisy? <laughs> uh, oh. Yes, a couple of times. <laughs> really? From the pies. <laughs> from the pies and then yeah. from the blues. Yeah. And, uh, I did have a show with He Shaw for a while that got sacked. What was that called? That was called uh, aptly named Peter and Daisy Show. Right. Fabulous, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And where, where could have I missed that? <laughs> Everywhere, apparently. <laughs> and um, I was on the last ever footy show before that got oh. uh, the Tijuana as well. I don't think there's a person in the world who hasn't been sacked. I got sacked from um, 
Oh, that's nice to show. <laughs> you would have, <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm actually not sure if you were born. Mm. It was on Channel 10. It was called Monday to Friday with Bridget Duclo, and it was an afternoon chat show. Oh, what year are we talking? Um, it would have been in about year when I was 28, do the math, minus 30. What year is that? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not oh, great at this. Anyway, I, I went to Nary one, went to Fanning at Memoring High School. I don't know. Mate, I have an abacus. <laughs> Hang on, I'll get the calculator out of my phone. Keep talking. You know, some people can just reel off dates. Mm. About I, I'm not one of those people. And, and, and as you just realised, but it would have been um, about 30 years ago. So oh, when they were alive, you would have yeah. barely been alive. Mm, anyway, mm. I did a year of it. I really enjoyed it. I was fly to Sydney and do five shows in a day. It was mm. hard work. I was doing breakfast here at the time. Um, but I remember when they sacked me, I was quite upset. I've, I mean, whether you, you know, it's just that awful feeling. <laughs> Did you feeling. see it coming? No, no. Just when the boss asked me out for a drink, I thought, hello. Um, and that was. <laughs> Might have been a promotion. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But sadly, no, it wasn't a promotion. Uh, no casting couch. Bridge, your words. On that note, on that note, you uh, need to ring up for bridge over trouble yeah. dating. Oh yes, I might actually. I've got an issue. Triple M's rush hour summer edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Bridge, you used to do a segment called Bridge Over Troubled Water. Where people would ask for your advice on certain topics. And I only agreed to do the segment because I just love that Simon Garfunkel song. But now. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not for me to do now because we have somebody whoa, in the house. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey? Someone in the house. I'm in the house. You're in the house. We've got a new opener. Sung by Jules in our office as well, by the way. Wow. Every Dale is a winding road. So, Bridge, you've got some questions <laughs> from the Triple M Rush Hour family that you will post to Daisy. Yeah. I do have to, from legal, they've just sent this through. This is this advice is in general, it, in nature. It shouldn't be taken as serious advice or from a trained professional. No. So, legally, I have to say that, um, yes. which is always good when yes. legal get involved. Yes. <laughs> like, they heard us talk about it yesterday. They were quick <laughs> down here too. I reckon sweat. you might get a call after that last oh. All right, so I am going to start with a uh, with one from G. Cripper. Oh, yes. And the question he has for you, what is etiquette in the urinal? Oh, okay. Uh, I like this. Yeah. So generally if it's a, and not many of these are left anymore, the big long tray. Yep. But just safe distance. So enough for a person to go in between. However, yep. so if there's three of you and there's a six-person urinal, sort of, one miss, one miss, one. So you never go and stand next to someone right next well, to them. Well, unless there's no other room. So if you right. have to go, yep. but generally, you know, if you see a space, you leave that there and go to the next one. Right. Okay. So, okay. so why are there not big ones anymore? Are they, they're not doing uh, that? They've sort of phased them out a little bit, probably for hygiene, considering the old uh, cake soaps that used to go in the bottom there and the u urinal cake. So not overly great, but it also, I would say etiquette is, and this happens sometimes, if you recognise someone, don't start talking to them or ask for a handshake before you've gone and washed your hands. See, I find it so hard to even understand how I couldn't bear the whole thought of it. And I do, where are you meant to look? Just straight ahead. So if someone comes in, say, say Ramsey's there and you walk in. Oh, no, no, we don't look straight ahead then. No. If so I, you chat. Yeah, you yeah. can chat. You can yeah. And what chat if you, you accidentally look down? Just don't mention it. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's such an interesting concept, this whole being a boy thing. All right. Well answered. I thought Thank that was you. very good. Well done. I hope that answers your question, G. Akripa. Um, This is from Has Willett. How often do you have to change up your sneakers and trainers for the wardrobe setup? 
Oh, okay. So I think this is more fashion, man. Fashion, yeah, mm. more so mm. than actual trainers in terms mm. of are they running out? I think as long as they're still clean looking and smell okay. Oh, yes. So a lot of the the blokes these days, me included, don't wear a whole lot of socks in and around our act, uh, our outerwear, I should say. Right. So if I'm wearing a you know a new pair of shoes, mm-hmm. keep them while they're looking fresh. But if yep. they get scuffed up a little bit, probably time to wrist hold them. And go down to Adidas and get some more. You've been brunged up well, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> and good plug for Adidas while you're at it. <laughs> Thank you. I tell you what, I didn't have all the luxuries of this growing up. <laughs> A d- pair of Dunlop volleys from Mum for Christmas. From the, from the drawer and, and if came they up. were rooted by next Christmas, I might get another pair. <laughs> all right. And this is one. Oh, here we go. Oh. This last Glasses question. Glasses are on. Yeah. This is from Castagram. <laughs> Why is Billy so fat? <laughs> <laughs> If I'm sorry, I'm reading. I'm reading. There's a question. Now you've worked with him for two weeks. I do think we need to understand also that you know Bill's not ginormous. No, and we don't fat shame. And we don't fat shame on this show. And he does stand closest to the camera when we have a guest in, which is also good for the rest of us. Yes, but his ankles are buggered. He's got a fused ankle, so even if he wants to exercise, Mm. it is harder. Mm. Um, you know, I'm probably taking this question far too seriously and <laughs> should have just said he loves drinking too many pots yeah. and too many palmers. And, and he has been known to steal biscuits from other members, <laughs> from other family members. I think we can answer it with that. Correct. Very well done to you, Dave. There you go. So are you happy with that? You might have a future. You're the, you're the OG. Well, Is that all right? I thought you did very well indeed, oh. particularly the urinal etiquette, because I don't get in there all that often these days. It is such a fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that has been... Might have to bring that back over the next three weeks as well. By the way, Jules from Fancy Face Band lending her vocals to that opener. Now, Harry Garside, intriguing young man, Dave. He is. He is fascinating. A very deep thinker, a very young, polite and uh, intellectual young gentleman. Yeah. And he's uh, hopefully going to represent us in the next Olympics at Paris. He's got a fight coming up in a couple of weeks. You've got a fight coming up in a couple of weeks. So Mm -hmm. Harry Garside in the studio next. Daisy goes one-on-one with the champ. This is Triple M Rush Hour's Summer Edition. Sun's out, bin's out. What are you doing, Fat? I'll have a spell. (laughs) Have a spell, Fat. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Right now, we are joined by Australian Olympic medal boxer Harry Garside. Our next guest is undefeated in professional boxing. Oh, big shots, and that'll do it. Harry Garside with another supreme boxing performance. But after claiming bronze in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, he has his sights set on taking home gold in Paris. Something that Australia's never managed to do in boxing. I'll be so proud, I'll be so happy. Please welcome Harry Garside. Harry, thanks so much for coming in, mate. Uh, there's times you come into work and you're excited, but today I've just got a little bit more of a pep in my step. Really excited to have a chat, buddy. Up and about. No, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, pumped to be here. Now, obviously, you heard in the opener, a bit of boxing going on from your side, but I'm not sure if you've been made aware, I'm having my first bout on December 1st. Mate, we love to hear that. I'm a firm <laughs> believer every human should experience this once in their life. At least once? At least once. See, are you feeling good right now? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I've been a little bit under the weather. I've had spring racing. I've had AFL grand finals. So I've probably trained off a little bit. Okay. I've got is two and a half weeks prime time to get fit. Two and a half weeks, plenty of time. Plenty <laughs> of time, mate. you just got to have like positive thoughts now, although I'm sure you're nervous as. Like it's so standard. I remember my first one, I was 12 years old. Terrified. <laughs> Are you talking boxing bout or sort of schoolyard? 
for a first boxing oh, professional. Bout. Yeah, yeah, first boxing bout was when I was 12 and I was absolutely terrified. Oh. So I can't imagine how you're feeling, mate, but it's all about trying your best to have like as many positive thoughts over the next couple of weeks. See, I've got a little bit of an issue and the trainer says this, that I'm obviously playing football. I don't mind getting hit in the head too often, but every now and then I've got to duck a punch, like just rather than copying them. Uh, you know, any advice in around that? The old Homer Simpson. You've seen that episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just ties his ties them out. out. Yeah. <laughs> if I painted myself yellow, I could get there. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, how are you? What's going on in your professional boxing career? Mate, I'm very well. I'm um, two weeks out actually today from the uh, Olympic qualifiers over in the Solomon Islands, so I'm 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 well in prep as well. So I'm feeling good. Uh, it's been a great preparation so far, and and to to qualify this side of Christmas will be ideal. And and I'm feeling good, right on track for myself. What, what sort of camp time have you been? To be honest, it's been like. I haven't really stopped for the last three, four months, mate. It's been a very, very um, consistent uh, road up, up the hill, and I'm feeling really, really good. Like, my weight's good, boxing well. Um, we were in Europe a couple of weeks ago, so I feel like I've had a, a great prep. No no problems here, mate. Just going to make sure I do the job over, over there in two weeks. What do you weigh in at? So I fight at 63 and a half. Kilos. But, yeah, but I probably walk around <laughs> at like 69 sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Because you're a tall dude. Like, you're not the shorter <laughs> side. You're not certainly not going to be a jockey, but you're sort of weighing in around there. Mate, I look like, I, I remember asking someone a question. I'm like, what sport do you think I play? And they said, uh, um, marathon runner. <laughs> I look like a marathon runner. I definitely don't look like a boxer, mate. I look like a greyhound. Well, <laughs> I'd probably go a bit harder than one. Uh, chasing gold, obviously. You've spoken a little bit throughout what I've heard about uh, Olympic bronzes and things like that and the motivation to keep you going. Is that still burning as hard as ever? Absolutely, mate. The, the big focus, obviously, this side of Christmas is just making sure we qualify. We get three chances internationally to qualify. This is the first one. Make sure you qualify this side of Christmas. Have a little break. You know, a bit of Christmas ham, a bit of a beer with Dad on Christmas Day would be fantastic. <laughs> haven't, had, haven't celebrated Christmas in about six years. So it'd be good to have a beer with me, old man, this side of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, and then next year is just the, the, the journey to the, the Olympic gold medal. But yeah. more importantly, mate, how are you feeling? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mate, we're two weeks out from a massive, massive fight of yours. I'm actually fine. Uh, usually, you know, from back in the day, I would have had to have done the preparation to have levels of confidence. But, uh, I, you know, three by two minutes, I think I could stumble through at some <laughs> stage. And 20-ounce gloves and headgear, I think I'll be completely fine. Um, talking about sort of you know professional athletes and the drive to keep going how do you keep yourself motivated and so positive because everything i've heard from you and about you and i did not try to do too much research in terms of listening on podcasts and whatnot that you've spoken about but everything seems so positive from how you talk about not just boxing but also life yeah it's an interesting thing like i think we all experience highs and lows in life right and and it's inevitable that at times throughout a year throughout a month you're going to have shit days you're going to have tough days you're going to have tough weeks sometimes you hope hopefully not tough too many tough months but it happens that's life but i think i'm really fortunate that i'm really curious curious i always want to grow get better develop i do what i love you mean i'm, I'm really fortunate that i was a tradesman for a few years after school and i'm very happy now that i can you mean keep myself afloat just through boxing and, and, and I'm really grateful that I've worked really hard from the age of nine to, to get to this position now. And if I ever complain about my life, I always think back to the days when I was working for 450 bucks a week as a tradie. <laughs> so I can never complain that I'm waking up every single day. Yes. There's hard times. Yes. There's hard days, but I, I get to do what I love every day. And, and I'm really grateful for that. So, so I, I guess I can't not be happy. You mentioned the Solomon Islands, South Africa, Germany, Italy, Japan, you Potentially could be going to Paris. You're a bloke from Lilydale. Do you ever sit back and just reflect on how you've got so far so early? I mean, you're only 26 years old. 
Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I'm sure you probably felt this too, um, Daisy. It's a, it's an interesting thing. I think as athletes, we're always chasing the next thing. I think humans do this so much. Like we're always chasing the next thing, whether it be the new car, the new house, the new thing. Uh, and I feel like that too. Very rarely do I sit back and actually just reflect on, geez, I've had a massive journey. Yeah. Always searching for the next thing, I guess, to, uh, to remind myself that I'm alive, my heart's beating and, and that I'm in this. And I'm sure that you're feeling the full <laughs> spectrum of animal instincts uh, since you're two weeks out as well. Are you a goal setter? Are you a manifester? Or are you all of those things? Absolutely. I think, um, you mean, I, I have all these alarms on my phone. I love doing it. I have about probably 20 alarms throughout the day and each alarm's for something different and a lot of them are just closing my eyes and visualizing myself standing on top of the podium. And I think the more you can think about it, the more you can be obsessed about it, the more that you can put it in your psyche consistently throughout your day, throughout your months, I think the more it's going to come into your reality. And that's just my belief. Where did this sort of curiosity about taking your mind to different spots start from? That's a good question. I think the Reach Foundation is a massive organization, Jimmy right. Scientist Foundation. Mm -hmm. They entered my life when I was 16 years old and I'm a massive advocate for the work that they did because they really helped me build my emotional intelligence, which I think is quite, a lot of young boys don't, I'm not saying they don't have it, but it's just like, it's not, it's not festered in young boys as much. And I think the Reach Foundation really uh, helps me build my emotional intelligence, which, which is fantastic. Underrated skill, of course, you know, not only understanding yourself, but why others are in and around and like that. Just being curious. I think, I truly believe curiosity is the biggest thing to having a more positive mindset. Just being curious about why people think the way they do, why you think the way you do. And when you, or when I've been curious myself, I'm not like, judging myself for an action or I'm not judging other people for an action. I'm just curious about why they do that or why I do that. Like there's so much programming that goes into the decisions we make and the, the beliefs that we have. But if you're curious, you can start sort of challenging them a little bit. I think you and I obviously have a fair bit in common, not just because we're both champion boxers or on our way to <laughs> Olympic gold, but we also uh, spent some time in the jungle, not together, different seasons. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of there. How was that experience for you? And what was the weirdest shit they made you eat? <laughs> Mate, it was a, it was a wild time. I only did one of the, uh, the food challenges. I, I can't remember. It was like a smoothie. I think it was, um, what was it? It was like a smoothie of all cows intestines oh. and I'm not going to lie. I actually went down pretty well. I lost, <laughs> I lost a lot of weight in the jungle. So I was happy to just get any nutrients <laughs> in my body. <laughs> what an experience it was though. Like I think, you know, I started boxing at the age of nine, just a boy from Lillardale and I'm mm. like, geez, you never think you're going to be doing stuff like that, bumping shoulders with Peter Hallier and, and people like that. So I, I was stoked to be a part of it. Did you have a cool crew? Because I think that makes it so much easier or harder depending. My mum my and dad watch it every year. They love it. And they, although I am their son, so I'm sure that probably plays into it, but they said it was the best crew that they, they've watched in a few years. So yeah. um, I was really fortunate that that I got along with, with everyone in there and, um, I mean, it's a long month if you, if you don't like someone, <laughs> you've got to wake up next time. Got to pray that Australia votes them out. After that, obviously, the highs of, you know, uh, the national brand growing, I guess, and more exposure, but also then you come off the plane and as we all saw throughout, uh, a really difficult time, I imagine, throughout your life. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because I think that was the first time in my life I faced proper adversity and I think... Every other adversity I'd faced prior to that, I'd almost played a part in that. You I mean you fail in sport, you play a role in that. You fail in in other things in life, I, I played a role in it. And I think to walk into that, it was it was challenging, it was tough, but also as well, I think all that I've learned throughout my my sporting career really helps me in that. And I um I'm really grateful. Like I turned 26 this year, and I feel like I finally turned into a man. And I think it's because of that situation. And I. Um, it was tough. It was challenging. My back was against the wall, but also as well, I had my own back in that time and I did all the right things and I feel like I'm, I'm finally reaping the rewards. 
What about, we've spoken a little bit before about potentially being a tradie. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> a terrible one. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, what, what were you doing as a tradie? So I, I finished school and I started working my dad as a roof tiler. So I did that for about a year. And then I, um, and then I was a plumber for two years and I was terrible at both of them. Uh, so I'm grateful now that, that boxing is my pathway. Did you still sort of have these thoughts when you were a tradie, like in terms of the deeper thoughts and deeper connections and the way you view life? Because no doubt at Smoko, it could have been interesting <laughs> having a couple of chats with the blokes who were smashing dare ice coffees in a pie. Yeah, that's the thing, <laughs> mate. I've always been the weird one in my family and my, my family, just a bunch of tradies and, and in my friendship group, just, just all tradies. So when I'm bringing some of the things that I think about into the conversation, they always know that that's just how I am. And I, um, I almost like, I think it's really good to have a mindset like mine, but then also be around those people as well, just to realize that. We're all so complex and unique. And I think when you get stuck in a little cesspool of the, like the people, you, your products or your environment and just, just realizing that like humans are just, you mean, going through life and just going paycheck to paycheck and just trying to keep their head above, above water. And not everyone thinks as deeply as I do and not everyone, and that's okay. And that's a beautiful thing too. And, um, I know the people I grew up with have got the biggest hearts and they will always, if I needed anything, they would always help out. And I, and I love being around the people I grew up with. Do you ever wonder if you do get to achieving your goals, if there will ever be sort of a, a ceiling on that? <laughs> That's a good question. My mum always <laughs> asked me that. <laughs> I, well, just, um, just from personal experience, right? So as a, a young kid, all I wanted to do was play in an AFL grand final, win a grand final at 22 years of age that achieved it. Mm. And then there's your life goal done at 22. And you're almost like, okay, where to from here? I listened to a podcast on this and the quote was, you've already achieved goals you said would make you happy. You mean, and I think there's, I think the capitalist mindset is, you mean this if and when mindset, when I get that promotion, I'll be happy. When I get that grand final, I'll be happy. When I get that gold medal, I'll be happy. That if and when mindset. And I've already achieved things that I thought were going to be the things that were going to make me happy. And I think I'm, I'm realizing now that no, no goal, no ambition, no, no car, no materialistic thing, no gold medal will actually make me happy. It's how you feel about yourself. And I actually think that I become the best version of myself and I feel best about myself when I actually am chasing my goals anyway. So it plays hand in hand, but just realizing that win, lose or draw next July in Paris, I, um, it's not going to change or affect my self-worth in any way, shape or form. As we sit here right now, do you have a moment throughout your life that you're most proud of? Oh, that is a great question. I... <laughs> Sorry, I'm hitting you with the deep stuff. No, I love it, mate. I'm a deep thinker. And I, there's actually one, it's more around, I think, you mean, I didn't, I didn't plan on, I guess, getting a little bit of public recognition or anything like that, but I, I'm proud of myself more so for how I show up when someone recognizes me on the street. Yeah. I'm proud of myself that I have never once turned my back on someone if they've asked for something. I've never once turned my back on someone if they wanted a photo, if they wanted a handshake, if they wanted to chat. And I'm proud of myself for that. I literally had that down there as how do you handle fame now? Because it's obviously a long way from being a boxer, but also you're on the project at times. You've been on GQ for different things, wearing different outfits and expressing yourself in different ways. Is there any negative criticism that comes to you or people being negative in the street in and around that? Absolutely. A hundred percent. How I think do you it's do just, with, deal with that? It's tough. It's challenging. And there's what, what people don't realize is like you can put people up on a pedestal just because you see them on in the media or, or stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I'm no different to anyone else on the, on the street. And I mean, I feel things just like everyone else. And, um, you mean, I'm human just like everyone else. And I think, um, yeah, it's tough. It's challenging at times, but also as well, like 
I truly believe that the more you can just reinforce that, like there's way more positivity in this world than there is negativity. And I know we, we remember the negative way more, but like we live in the best country in this planet. Like we're so lucky to live here. So much opportunity. I've got people around me. I love people around me who always support me and people are going to love me. People are going to hate me. And, and I'm just grateful. I've got some amazing people around me who will always support me. So that's the most Such a great mindset to have. You're obviously super driven, super clear on your path. I think as athletes, you have to have some sort of addictive personality to rock up every day, day in, day out and chase those dreams. Has that ever affected you in different ways, mental health, you know, outside of chasing your dreams? So it's really interesting addiction. It's, it's something that has run in my family and I, and I truly believe that it's like the untalked about thing in our society. I think we're all in a sense addicted to things and yes, there's the identifiable addicts like, like drug, drug addiction or drinking or gambling, but it's like, I mean, a lot of us spend way too much time on social media, on our phones, yep. eating, consuming. That's an addiction too, right? And it's like, I think not many people talk about it, but I've grappled with that my whole life. And it's, it's like that, just chasing that thing to, to remind myself that I'm alive, that I'm here, that my life's not boring, that I'm, I'm living with purpose, with passion. Um, sometimes that gets overwhelming, but I'm grateful that I'm very aware of it and I can, I feel like I have a good grip on it, but at times absolutely it does take hold of me. As we are just working through this and we need to wrap it up at some stage, four years from now, what are we saying about Harry Garside? Four years from now, I'll be Olympic gold medalist. Um, I'm hoping I have a property by the water um, and I hope that I've had my first kid. How good. How good is that, mate? Thank you so much for speaking with us. I wish we could go on for longer. All the very best with what's to come in this exciting future of yours. I really appreciate you taking the time to come in and have a chat. Mate, more importantly, thanks for having me on and all the best in two weeks, mate. He <laughs> 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 just punched the microphone. Australian <laughs> Olympic medal boxer Harry Garside on the Rush Hour Summer Edition. Triple M. A champion footballer. Thomas is uploaded the biggest up with Radio Royalty. Your show, but I've taken over. Triple M's Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Tomorrow, Bridge, massive show. Hump Day quiz is ah, back. It's one of my faves. Who's going to run man? the quiz? I think prop, props, props preps me because remember last time we did discuss that I did used to host a, That's uh, right. a quiz show, unlike your good self. Okay. <laughs> That's been sorted pretty quickly. <laughs> and the, fact and that it got directly. A, the fact that it got axed after one show <laughs> probably means you again. should do it. Oleg Markov will be in studio without the Mustaka. No Mustaka. Cal mm-hmm. talking all things the draft. And we'll be giving away the chance to get in the draw for the WWE Super Prize. But now, a joke. So if you weren't listening yesterday, Billy isn't here. Yes. So from Monday through Thursday, a rehash joke from the archives. On Friday, we'll have a special comedian in to do it live. But it's time for this. Yeah. Now, you need to decide, Bridge, whether it's worth plastic or woolly bully. I've been given the job of having to decide if Bill's funny or not. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. This one is from September 20, 2018. This is Billy's joke. What did the elephant say to Jim? Oh, what did the elephant say to me? How do you breathe through something so small? Because <laughs> oh. you've got a little Peter Tossel. <laughs> you've got Bill. a little wiener. Bill. <laughs> yes, Jim. You know what the elephant actually said? What? Nearly as big as mine. <laughs> Where are we going, Bridge? Plastic. Yes. <laughs> that had to be. The follow on. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Take that, Jamie. What's he say? Funny thing is, we've all seen Munich, so. Yeah. <laughs>
Triple M's Rush Hour with JB and Billy. Bet with the homegrown bookie this spring carnival. Bluebet. Download the app for iPhone and Android. What are you really gambling with?